Today's podcast features CEO. This podcast is brought to you by CEW Plus at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor as we work to serve our community during this unprecedented time of change. Resiliency is best demonstrated in times of challenges. Join CEW Plus Director Tiffany Mara as she talks to students, staff, faculty, and community members connected to the University of Michigan's Center for the Education of Women Plus in our podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. Today's podcast features CEW's 2022 Twink Fry Visiting Social Activist, Teresa Anderson. Teresa is a senior researcher at the Urban Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan social policy organization located in Washington, D.C. Teresa has led teams for over 10 years conducting mixed methods research on important policy issues with the goals of reducing social inequity and promoting social justice. She's building a body of work on parenting students to inform policies that would help support family well-being as parents pursue and achieve their educational goals. She earned her MPP and PhD from George Washington University and is an Ann Arbor native. Teresa, it's my honor to speak with you today. Welcome to the Strength in the Midst of Change podcast. Could you please introduce yourself and what motivates you in your work? Thank you, Tiffany. It's great to be here today. As said in your introduction, I'm Teresa Anderson. In my day job, I'm a senior researcher at the Urban Institute, and I am from Ann Arbor, and I'm really excited to be part of this podcast today. So I've been seeking opportunities to strengthen social justice over my career and really throughout my life. Uh, we, as a society, have a long way to go to ensure that gender, race, and ethnicity and childhood economic resources don't determine a person's or a family's opportunities in the longer term. So that's a big motivator for me. I've also long been interested in education as a critical pathway to mobility. And I've seen in my work uh, on college and career pathways at the Urban Institute how much having children and other family considerations affect education pathways. Students live within families and that's relevant to their goals and success. And I also come from a long-time interest in developing more supportive pre-kindergarten through 12th grade systems for students and families, uh, as well as a lot of work that I've done focused on two-generation or whole family interventions to help parents and children meet education, employment, and life goals. So with all that together, it coalesced in a focus on supporting parenting students and their families, um, which really comes at the intersection of that work and trying to think about how to promote college access and success and quality education for children, as well as supporting families through focusing on students who are parenting or caregivers. In fact, I completed my dissertation was on women who re-enroll in school after having children and the long-term effects for them and their families, as well as their experiences. So this has been something that kind of has been building for a long time for me. Yes, it sounds like the Twink Fry Visiting Social Activist is a appropriate next step for you, given your dissertation and your in your areas of interest. What do you plan to focus on for your Visiting Social Activist project and why? One thing that was interesting when I started doing my dissertation research, it was before there was quite as much focus on parenting students in broader policy conversations, which is really just emerging now. But the first question I would get is just how common is this? <laughs> How many student parents are we talking about? The answer is that there are a lot. Many students are parenting while pursuing college degrees. Current estimates put the number of undergraduate college students with children at over four and a half million. Just under half of those are at four-year college and universities. 
And over two thirds of the parenting students at four year colleges and universities also have to work while they're in school in non work study jobs to help support their families. So that means that students who are parenting at colleges like University of Michigan are wearing at least three hats. They may their parents, their workers, and they're also students at a premier academic institution. So that in itself is a lot. But it's even more burden and complications when we consider all the systems that those parents have to navigate for themselves and their families to get kind of basic services and supports, many of which were not really designed with their situation in mind. So that includes the college itself, as well as financial aid and support and childcare, which are some of the more obvious ones that people talk about a lot. But it also includes the labor market because they're working, social safety net programs like SNAP to get basic food assistance or LIHEAP for energy assistance, um, the tax system, the pre-K through 12 education system, and others. Historically, when we're thinking about a traditional college student and the way that the higher education system was designed, that person only had to navigate college. But we've actually identified 11 large system areas that student caregivers and student parents have to navigate and potentially more if they're in certain situations like being an immigrant or navigating child support or other types of systems like that that relate to certain situations. So that said, even though parenting students actually earn higher grades on average in their coursework than non-parenting peers, they're less likely to complete their degrees, partially because of all those pressures on them, not only as a parent, but also from all the different policies and systems they have to navigate and the responsibilities they have to juggle just to kind of make life come together day to day. I want to add on top of that really important point that parenting students are more likely to be female and they're more likely to be women of color, especially black women. So on top of all this complexity I mentioned just in the structure of systems, we also have to layer on and and understand the effects of structural racism and exclusion that exist at the intersection of race and gender. It makes everything just so many times more complicated for students who are trying to just meet their education goals while supporting their families. All that said, this project is really about taking into account the systems that parenting students and student caregivers at the University of Michigan have to interact with and understanding kind of where parenting students fit and where policy and practice can support them better. Because if we can smooth some of the heavy administrative burden, provide more direct supports and allow parenting students to focus on their degree goals, we'd see some really large payoffs. These are very motivated and highly effective students. So this project builds on work I've been doing at a national level to develop a framework of policy systems that affect student parent families in partnership with my collaborator at Wellesley Centers for Women at Wellesley College. And for so for the Visiting Social Activist Project, I'm planning to apply that national framework to the state of Michigan and the university context at U of M. The idea is that this will help inform a college and state roadmap to identify ways that may be big or small or in the middle (laughs) to attract and support excellent students at the university who are parents or caregivers so that they can complete their degrees and achieve academic, economic, and personal potential. And this helps the university too, because they can attract, retain, and graduate an excellent and diverse student body. If you were leading a university, where would you start in creating change for student parents and caregivers? That's a great question. So I think first, it's a little bit about framing. Often the discussion about student caregiving and student parenting is framed that having children or having dependents is a burden or a deficit. And 
it's definitely a lot of work. I have a toddler myself, but in many cases, children are also strong motivators for parenting students to succeed and persist. We don't have to start from a deficit mindset, I think, as a kind of baseline for thinking about policy change. With that said, there's a lot of logistical and tangible needs that are unique to students who have their own families or caretaking responsibilities. Kind of the lowest, the lowest barrier is thinking about starting from a place of understanding, flexibility, and anticipation. When I say anticipation, I mean thinking about policies and practice design so that they're expecting some students to have caregiving responsibilities and being able to accommodate that. Just like we often have to do um, or often choose to do with accessibility accommodations for students who have disabilities or scheduling accommodations for student athletes. We can think about parenting students and caregiving students as, um, as being among the populations that need some additional support and understanding. And then, of course, there are also tangible financial and childcare needs. So helping students cover the full cost of attendance for college without taking out a huge load of private loan debt providing childcare at the times and places that students need, which may not actually be nine to five, Monday through Friday. Those are sometimes higher investment, but often high payoff types of supports for students. A lot of the work can be about partnerships and advocacy with other organizations, even if the college can't provide everything directly themselves. So that might include state agencies or community-based organizations. So students can connect with services, that can help support their attendance without adding too much time burden and administrative burden on them. So maybe the university could work with human services agencies so that students can get simplified eligibility determination for basic safety net supports. Or maybe the university could partner with nonprofits to help students get necessary supplies for their children, even if the university wouldn't be able to do all of that in their own purview. I'll say though, the University of Michigan is really influential in Michigan, and there's a lot of potential to set a high standard of access to education for student caregivers to try to get the state to offer additional support so that students don't have to leave college before they've reached their potential and met their goals. Yeah, those are all great suggestions. I mean, you know, I know a term has come up of time poverty, which also comes into the accommodation you've discussed early on, which is priority registration. Can you talk about a little bit about the time poverty that's involved with uh, student parenting? Yeah, a lot of what we understand about parenting students is that it's kind of like running all over the place all the time. I was briefly a parenting student myself at the very end of my graduate work, but for undergraduate students, there's an additional layer of just the fact that systems are not really set up thinking about an undergraduate student caregiver. And so not only do you have to run around to meet the various obligations of parenting and working and being a student, but those are often not arranged at a time or in a place that really makes sense for you to be able to get to while also meeting all the other things that you need to get done at any given time. And what ultimately ends up happening is that many parents forego sleep. They can't put there are all their energy that they want into their studies. They may feel like they're not able to fully be present at work or fully present as a parent in interacting with their children, which is really to everyone's kind of deficit. Trying to think about ways to streamline systems to make even just one less appointment, even just one more flexible opportunity for them to find times and places that allow them to kind of fit everything together like the many puzzle pieces that they are makes a huge difference in being able to find the time to really show up in all the places that they need to be. Yeah, now in an ideal outcome of your Twink Fry Visiting Social Activist Project, what would happen? 
I just want to say first that I really appreciate and respect the work of CEW Plus in pushing conversations about parenting students and student caregivers. And I really hope to help support kind of taking that conversation broader to the state level. That would be an ideal outcome. It'd be great if I could show through data and policy and practice documentation that supporting student caregivers is a huge opportunity to promote equitable education access to the benefit of everyone in the state of Michigan, and that this is something that should be a high priority on the policy agenda. Now, when will you be in residence um, working on your project, and how can campus and community partners get involved? So we're still figuring out some of those details. As you mentioned at the beginning, I'm from Ann Arbor, so I'm always excited to come back home. I now live outside of Washington, D.C., but I'm planning to be back in Ann Arbor in the winter term, possibly again in the spring or the summer term to meet with key stakeholders across campus and in the state or local levels of government. I haven't yet defined the exact timing of the visits. I'd really love to coordinate with any events or classes or conversations that are happening on related issues. So I'd really encourage anyone listening to this to reach out and let me know when should I be around and when are those conversations happening. This is a bit more personal. It's a question I like to ask, though, because it kind of normalizes what we've all experienced over the past year. And it also helps others understand how others have coped and taken care of themselves. It's been a whirlwind of uncertainty. What approaches or practices have helped you to manage your self-care and stress reduction during the past year? It's a great question. It's a journey every day. Honestly, it might sound kind of strange, but I think my kid has helped keep me sane. Um, He's two and a half, so sometimes he does drive me crazy. But he also just having him around has helped kind of keep me on a routine and a schedule. And if I hadn't had him around during all of this, I think all of that would have really fallen away and blurred as home and work boundaries kind of fell apart (laughs) during the pandemic. And in a lot of ways, he helps me stay present and focused and motivated to succeed. And I think that's actually a lot of the assets of parenting that I'm really hoping to elevate in my work as well. So it kind of comes full circle in that way. Yeah, I completely resonate with that. My 12-year-old, 11 through most of it. Yeah, I could look at him and just know that there's hope for the future, that there's you'd come home and do fun stuff with him and let the workday end, which was great. Even if we were working and studying at home together. What is one thing you wish you could tell all student parents? It's a great question. Honestly, I think sometimes because these policies and systems aren't really designed with student parents in mind, I think it's useful to just say that you are seen and it's easy to feel invisible, but the goal of this work and the work of CEW Plus and many others is to try to shine a light on the path forward and kind of provide helpful resources to make it easier for you to reach your goals. So I'd love to connect with you to hear more about your ideas and experiences and to kind of bring those to light so that we can think about how to make things work a little bit better for people who are in that same situation. Yeah, Teresa, it's been wonderful talking to you today. Thank you for all of the work that you're doing nationally and that you're going to do for the state of Michigan, the University of Michigan. I really look forward to partnering with you and figuring out next steps to enhance the student parent experience at U of M. I'm really looking forward to working with you and the whole CW Plus and U of M team. So thank you for inviting me to be part of this opportunity. Thank you for listening to CEW's podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. To learn more about this episode or the services and virtual programming offered by CEW+, please visit cew.umich.edu.
Here at CEW Plus, we navigate circumstantial barriers by providing academic, financial, and professional support to help you reach your personal potential. Established to support women through higher education, we lift up women and all underserved communities at the University of Michigan and beyond. Through career and education counseling, funding, workshops, events, and a diverse, welcoming community, we exist to empower. We are CEW Plus, and we are here to help you reach your potential. The University of Michigan resides on the traditional territories of the three fires peoples, the Ojibwa, Odawa, and Potawatomi.